Mannequin Story by Joy The mannequin at the shopping mall frightened me again. I flinched when I saw its color. It was pale and frail, like Dilly's steel body in my arms. Its unmoving brown eyes remind me of his widely open eyes, steeled with shock. The manly doll's permanently fixed mouth looked like Dilly's contorted face as he breathed his last. This is the second time that this plastic lifeless figure has made me feel like he wanted to grab me its plastic hand stretched towards me to clutch onto my thing in the same manner that he did when I cut into him that day. The doll's cramped neck also reminded me of his, which had turned red due to my fingernails scratching at it and digging into his surprisingly soft flesh. When my body collided into the doll's plastic skin, I found that it was unusually cold, just like the metal that had slashed into Dele's that felt when he pierced. Feel. What exactly was I supposed to feel? Pity? No. It wasn't that. I honestly didn't want to feel sorry for what I had done. Anger and fear? Yes, that was it. Imminent torture and self-reminder that I had blood on my hands. Even though it was a shopping mall, I wanted to push the mannequin down and tackle it right there. I obviously couldn't. I hadn't paid any attention to the designer shirt that was worn on its still white body. But when I did notice, it was red. Red like Dilly's thick blood. Honestly, I don't know what I'd expected. Maybe like in the alien movies where their blood was blue or something else. But definitely not red. Such a dumb assumption and delusional thinking. I know. But still, was I really supposed to feel this tea? Did I really deserve this punishment? So this is it now. I would walk past boutiques, my ear show glass, and see one of her handmade mannequins stare mockingly into my scared, tear-stained eyes. So this was it. I'd always stumble upon mannequins that had that disgusting, airy smell that Dele always had whenever he was done playing with me. The force that accompanied the slimy formula that came every time that he had finished came back to me. I hate recalling it. I wish it was always bowed that rose to my throat. At least I'll cry in anguish and not throw up till my insides felt like it was shrinking. What did he think would happen though? That because I was eight at the time, I'd grow used to his uncouth visits to my room and eventually stop crying for him to stop? Well, nine years later he never stopped. He kept on coming back and always leaving his bite marks on my thighs. My mom always thought I was having sex early. She never believed that her most precious son-in-law could ever harm a fly. And why would she? After all, Omaia was her best friend. And Dele, your perfect groom. Almost. Do not misconstrue my feelings. I'm a good person. I actually don't need to convince you that I am. 
if I'm such a bad person as I know you think I am, at this point, what does going to church every Sunday imply then? How about me paying my tithe even though I have no job yet? Do you mean to tell me that all this time that I was dividing my money into two equal halves and giving to the Amajiris, that it was all me craving to be called good girl? No, then I do not acknowledge what you feel towards this or why you feel it. This isn't about being And yes, I know that if or when mom finds out about this, will never end well for me. Gracious son-in-law, remember? This is also not about depravity. This is about self-defense. And I pray that the judge understands that. After all, I am still underage. In order to do what any good murderer who possesses dignity would do, I'm leaving this letter underneath your favorite chiffon dress. I am going away from here for the meantime. Oh, Antolani, I know you think he loved you and would have proposed soon, but I also knew that he raped you too. This is me doing us both an eternal favor.